재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 megahertz in Seoul and surrounding areas. This is a very fun time of the week on this program, kind of a breath mint from all of that tension about who's getting impeached and who should be impeached and whether your TV is watching you and all of that stuff. We get to daydream about food and creating new dishes and discovering new dishes for the rest of the hour with someone who really, really knows her stuff. Yerika Park is the Michelin Guide sole digital ed- editor, and she's responsible for this little thing we do called Food and Beyond. Hi, Yerika. Hello. Hello. So um, this is a, our focus this week is one of those dishes that um, will be a major kind of point of adjustment for people coming to Asia and coming to Korea, I would mm-hmm. say uh, I, I usually give dishes sort of a mom score of how, how much mom will, uh, you know, lurch back in horror. <laughs> <laughs> Is Bernadette a fan of octopi? Bernadette, my mom, would be a real tough sell uh, <laughs> for any kind of octopus-related dish. Really? And Korea, on the other hand, is has got a rolling, passionate love affair with just about every kind of octopus. How about you, Kurt? I love octopus. Although I've I've seen these articles in recent years that that describe octopus or octopi mm-hmm. as hyper intelligent. Oh, they are. So I've got a little bit of a. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I it's the, uh, this particular food item that we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. is, is so good, right? That I'm willing to sort of compartmentalize my thinking on it. And uh, just kind of view it in the culinary sense. I don't discriminate against um, the animals that I eat. Yes. Uh, I love octopus. And like you said, they are uh, known to be hyper intelligent. Mm. I've seen them actually live underwater. Mm. And the way they move and the way they camouflage as they move, it's really something incredible. I mean, they're right there in front of you one minute and then the next minute. They're they're gone. Is that universal to uh, to various octopuses or octopi? Yes, octopus. I've seen cuttlefish do that too. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, so, cuttlefish are beautiful. They're they're kind of like aliens underwater. Um, well, and that's even a theory about this: is that uh, you know the octopus is actually the denizen of a, a <laughs> far greater alien species that landed in a meteorite or something like that. And you believe that, obviously. I do not believe it. But it is on the <laughs> internet. That makes it pretty credible. You know what? Um, as long as I can like poke my, poke my fork through it and put it in my mouth and it's delicious. <laughs> I don't care if it comes from Alpha Centauri. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair and enough. right now, it's, it's wonderful. It's March. And uh, although it's still kind of uh, chilly this morning, yeah. yesterday and today, uh, but I, I, I saw the weather forecast for the rest of the weekend. It's fantastic. It's like 12, 13 degrees oh, by brilliant. this uh, weekend. But uh, the weather is definitely warming up and it's time for those lovely little uh, baby octopi. Well, they're actually called webfoot octopus. Webfoot. And our, uh, calling them babies is a mm-hmm. bit misleading because they it don't get bigger. It is misleading. Right? Yeah. But uh, if you, if you, if you, Google these uh, these species. A lot of the the Western recipes kind of 
you know, label them as baby octopus mm. or baby octopi, but um, they're, they're a very specific species of okay. octopus and they're called wet foot octopus. In Korean, it's, it's jukumi. Lots of Koreans call it jukumi. Yeah. But the standard. The standard is one ju. Is, yeah, exactly. One, one J. Jukumi, yes. But it makes it even cuter when they add the double J and they go jukumi, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I agree. And a, a lot of restaurants will write it up like that yeah. on their sign. Jukumi. That's right. Um, I had a, in the, in the past, I had mm-hmm. a, a Korean girlfriend, and my nickname for her, her was Jukumi. Why? Is that bad? No. It's cute, it's I cute, guess. It's cute, and it's why? a little ironic. Um, Did she have the attributes of a, a wet <laughs> No, octopus? I don't want to tell her that she looks like a Jukumi. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, we, we, we passed, I think we ate Jukumi one night, and I found the word so cute mm-hmm. that I was like, you know what, can I call Aww. you this? And, and was she okay with that? She's totally okay with it. Then it's all good. And, you know, we would end up calling, I, I would call her that uh, every now and then. I wouldn't right. drive it into the ground. But when I was sending a text message or something like that, mm-hmm. I, do you want to meet tonight or whatever? Um, so I don't know if I was, you know, crossing a faux pas line no, there. as long as you two are okay with it, then, then fine. It's all good. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Consensus I, I is not keep, necessarily. Um, imagining, uh, I don't know. If you if you call somebody chukumi, it's like yeah. did she have a big head? <laughs> no, it had you know? really there was did she have like really thin legs. No, and it's misleading arms? to draw any physical resemblance I know, between. I'm just joking. But yeah, it's just the cuteness of the word, and it's not like something where you would want to yell out across the room, chukumi. Could you come over here? No, no, no. That that would that would draw some looks. Yeah, don't do that. So chukumi is our word, or chuk. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you said the English translation is webfoot octopus. Yes. Uh, if you have never seen a jukumi before, how uh, how big are we talking? Um, I would say the length of my palm, the larger ones actually, mm. somewhere between half the length of my palm and the length of my palm for the the larger ones. Of course, um, uh, they resemble. They resemble an octopus. Actually, they're about sausage size ish, right? Sausage or size, slightly shorter. Ish. Well, depends on what kind of sausage you're talking right, about. Right, like a knockwurst. Yeah, yeah, okay. I would say so. Um, uh, I don't know. Let's say about ten centimeters, a little less. Okay. It really depends, actually. So, some are larger, some are s- smaller. Um, and then, what's wonderful about uh, the spring chukumi? They, you can see them in marketplaces starting around autumn, but okay. then uh, right now they're they're the most delicious because it's soon spawning season uh-huh. for these uh, small octopi, and they don't like the cold water. They hate cold temperatures. Um, they like the sunlight. Mm. Uh, so what they do is um, in the spring, they kind of like move closer to the shore and they find little like empty conch shells and, you know, clam shells. Oh, is that right? And that's where they deposit their eggs. I see. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> they can be found. They're, they're plentiful. Uh, Not hard to go out and find. Uh, I guess no. when we look back, th- this is one of the historical foods mm-hmm. of Korea, right? Even back in the old yeah, days, yeah. they would find these and cook them up. Um. What are the oldest like historical records about Korean seafood found around Huksandu mm. uh, down in Cholo province is um it's it's called Chasanobu. Mm. It's basically a register of fish found around Huksandu, Huksan okay. Island. And um that was written in 1814 and uh in the records you can find uh you know descriptions about chukumi as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, most people are going to encounter them in the form of uh, sort of the same kind of preparation as mm-hmm. nakji, right? 
in in spicy sauce or yeah in Seoul in the in the larger cities uh, you know they're they they're less fresh than you know when you when you go eat them where they're you know caught mm. right uh, for example Chungcheong Namdo province is uh, where they can be found. Uh, they're plentiful over there around this time of the year. There's a Chukumi festival, of course, that kicks off uh, mid-March until Ooh. early April. This is an annual festival that's been taking place for the last 18 years. Wow. This year actually marks the 18th uh, anniversary. <laughs> and the wonderful thing about this festival is that uh, around the same time when the Chukumi comes into season, you know the, the bright red camellia flowers? They start to blossom as well. Wow. And there is a huge forest of camellia woods. And uh, these flowers start to bloom and they're bright red and they're gorgeous and they're like 500 years old. They're designated like national, natural treasure, uh, number 169 or something like that. I'm sorry, did you say this This festival takes place in Chola Namdo? No, 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 in Chungcheong Namdo province. Chungcheong Namdo, yes. okay. Yes. I'm going to look that up. And uh, it, it's big. And uh, so when you go to the source, right, where they're caught, they're eaten really, really, just like really simple. Um, they throw them to shabu shabu or just lightly parboiled, dipped into either sesame oil dip or just a light vinegared gochujang dip. Okay. So it's, it's just really simple. They want to really enjoy the actual flavor of the chukumi, which are like so naturally sweet and they're plump around this time of the year. Mm. Um, they have a really wonderful texture as well. They're juicy. Mm. Um, but the important thing is you can't overcook them because chukumi, even compared to other varieties of octopi, they really um, going to become rubber bands. Aren't yeah, they? exactly. They become really tough really quickly. Yeah. So you got to watch um, just how long you uh, you know cook them overheat. But then in Seoul, so it's less fresher, obviously, because it has to travel all the way here from the seaside. So in Seoul, um, how do uh, how do the Seoulites eat it? They they grill it over charcoal. Uh, they're usually marinated in a super spicy red mm, sauce. That makes sense. I love that version. Ooh. Yeah, it's really good. Adds that like smokiness from the charcoal. Um, they're also stir fried with in the same sort of uh, spicy sauce with samgyeopsal, pork belly. That sounds wonderful. Now pork belly and chukumi are they really go well together. Mm. You know, because pork uh, pork belly is fatty, it releases a lot of fat as it cooks, which actually tenderizes, which makes the octopus really tender. You know? Yeah, it would strike me, though, they have to add the jukumi at the very last minute. You can't just whack it all in together, right? The pork has to be cooked a little bit in of advance. Course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Got to be careful. You know, some, some restaurants like throw them all on the pan at the same time anyways, but mm. uh, I really, I'm really uh, careful about... Uh, how I cook my chukumi. Yeah. Is it like possible to, to do san chukumi like uh, the same way you would do nakji, like a, a hue? Just uh, pop them in raw? You know what? I think they do that. Uh, the boatmen actually eat it like that. You know, mm. they just, they're just like fresh off the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And then they just have a, like a really simple sesame oil dip with a little bit of salt and uh-huh. they just chop it up a little bit. Maybe they eat it whole. Who knows? They're small but, enough. Yeah, yeah, of course. Do I've they seen have? Koreans eat larger <laughs> versions of the octopi right. whole. Whoa. So it's. It's possible. Well, there's that movie scene too, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they are little miniature octopus. Mm-hmm. So do they have they have the suction cups? They do have the suction cups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one of the interesting things about eating live octopus is that, uh, or live nakji, is that they fight you on the way down. They grip with their suction cups. Yeah, Jukumi, I would imagine, would do pretty much the same thing. Uh, yeah, but they're small. They're very small. Yeah. they don't put up quite as much of a fight, mm. do they? Mm. So yeah, this is uh, we're going on a bit of a Jukumi Odyssey for this uh, half hour. I think that um, 
there are entire restaurants devoted to jukumi yes, year round, right? Of course. So yeah. the supply is year round. Yeah, but I'm, and a lot of restaurants actually freeze them. You know, freeze. Yeah, oh, you can do you that. Freeze them, use them all year round. You can do that, of course. Okay. Yeah. And I bet you have a recipe of your own. Of chicken, I right? do, but it's not a Korean style recipe. It's not the bright red sauce. No, yeah, no. mine's kind of like more the the uh, Italian, Spanish style. Spanish, yeah, marinated in olive oil. No, 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 and grilled. Yeah, it's so good. I'm a, That's for later, though. I, absolutely, I'm a humongous fan of jukumi. Um, before we go to this break, mm-hmm. does, do jukumi have a, any particular benefit? Um, they're they're a great source of protein, I suppose. Yeah, great. Low in fat. Yeah, great source of protein. That they're known to lower cholesterol. That's why they go so well with pork because pork is very high in cholesterol. Uh, evens right? out. Yeah, evens out exactly. Um, it's full of this thing called taurin, which uh, lowers the cholesterol. That's the stuff that's plentiful in like green tea. A healthy diet of tukumi. We're yeah. going to talk more about <laughs> it when Food and Beyond Wednesday continues here on Koreascape right after this. We're back on Food and Beyond Wednesday here on Koreascape, our chance to daydream for most of the hour about cool Korean dishes, things that are coming into season, and what we might do with them in our own kitchen. Yerika Park is with the Michelin Guide, sole digital editor. Uh, she's talking about jukumi this week. That's the cute little Korean word for teeny tiny octopus that are mm-hmm. used in so many things. A good question, Yerika, to ask you almost every edition is why now? You know, uh, why now are we talking about this particular food? Well, the answer is because it's in season. And you dropped a little thing saying they are now just about to leave the cold water, come to warm water and spawn. spawn. That's right. And the key here is to eat these uh, octopi um, before they spawn. Mm. Because right now, um, you know, they're about to release their eggs and then um, that makes them like full of nutrients and they're all like plump and they're the most delicious. And they're little egg silos right now, swimming egg silos. And not only that, um, spring chukumi have something really special that autumn and autumn chukumi don't have. And that is the roe, which are actually like nicely packaged inside their heads. <laughs> in their heads? Yeah. They've got some heads. extra space in there for, for roe. Yeah. Okay. And they're full of roe, in fact. And uh, these roe are really interesting. If you cut open the chukumi head and then you take out the, the egg sac, right? It's got a really, really, really thin membrane around the eggs. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you open that sac up, it's full of eggs and they look like rice. Like okay. cooked rice. Are they, the grains are as big as rice, the individual yeah, they ones? they look exactly like rice. How about that? Koreans call them rice. Wow. Yeah, and they, they taste kind of nutty. They they even taste very similar to cooked rice or steamed rice. That is the weirdest thing. Isn't it? Yeah. So you could very easily stir those in with some rice and almost have somebody not notice fully. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Totally. Uh, you would think a creature as tiny as mm-hmm. uh, Chukumi, when you, when you were previewing cutting open the membrane, yeah. I was picturing an egg membrane similar to those pink things that you can buy in the right. store. Mm-hmm. I guess those are, are those salmon roe or no? Those are a different kind of roe, the, like pollock roe. Pollock roe. Pollock roe. Mm-hmm. I would have pictured yeah, yeah. A, the eggs as small or smaller than pollock roe. No, actually they're like so round, they look like white egg yolk. Hmm. They're completely round, wow. the eggs inside the, the really thin membrane and they're, they're inside the head. 
So when you go to the fish market, um, the chukumi with the roe in the heads, they're more expensive. Obviously, they're more prized. Okay. So ask. And they can, uh, uh, the the fishing people can tell just by looking on the outside because the head is bigger. They they, know. They know. There's the row. And the fishmongers know too. Sure. Yeah. So ask. If you don't like the row, then just buy the regular. I mean, they're cheaper. Sure. Right? But they're just as fresh. Just don't have the row in their heads. And is the concept Mm -hmm. to just prepare the jukumi whole and there's like a little Easter egg in there? Or do you separate out the row and do different stuff with that? Um, You know, a lot of people actually I've seen like in restaurants, what they do is uh, they, they leave the row intact inside the chukumi mm. or they remove it and they cut a little slit in the membrane so as it cooks these um, the, the ball of eggs they kind of like blossom into the shape of chrysanthemum wow they're really pretty that's I've never I don't know <laughs> like I've ever seen that <laughs> no you've you're, you're giving me such a visual. Um, if you don't break the membrane, it stays intact. It stays round. Yeah. You know? But then if you like cut a little slit in the membrane, it kind of like opens up blossoms like a Oh, I see. Because of the pressure I mean? inside. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That makes good sense. Mm-hmm. The other interesting little chukumi trivia that you dropped in the first portion of our conversation was um, that they, they move in to these warmer waters to spawn and then they're sort of like squatters. They yeah. find stuff mm-hmm. to kind of hide in, almost like a molten, a molted crab kind of thing. Yeah. Looks for another shell. Like a hermit crab. A hermit crab. Right. <laughs> it's amazing to me that there are enough uh, shells around for them to find little hiding places it's to put really their eggs. It's really incredible. It's nature. Right. You know? And uh, that was, it's always been like a, those like super old techniques like fishermen used to like that's how they used to catch chukumi they used to look you know look in, inside shells and you know whatnot to look for these chukumi and uh a few years ago it was like 2007 or something a fisherman pulled up a chukumi uh that had used like a really ancient like a anti dynasty celadon dish for its nest ah you know? makes great sense why Isn't not it? if it's yeah. there I would think a savvy jukumi uh, farming company or fishing company could could build mm-hmm. an artificial kind of jukumi condo of little... <laughs> <laughs> Just the image of... You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how they put down fake coral reefs, you know, for the, know. the stuff to grow? But just a condominium of jukumi. A little... <laughs> just the jukumi Hotel. You can check in. That's awesome. <laughs> but you can't check out. Like, knock, knock. Is anybody there? You know? <laughs> we have vacancy. Right. Yeah. All right. So a jukumi. Uh, let's say um, you said the typical preparation would be just kind of brush them or marinate them with spicy sauce, chuck them on the grill, right? Mm-hmm. Skewers. Yeah. Or you can like put them into you know skewer them, and mm. uh, that's the the method that I'm going to introduce later on. But um, let's just talk about first of all about like the different kinds of um, octopus and squids sure that thing. Koreans An octopus love sort of to eat. Radiant uh, rainbow. Yeah. So when you first came to Korea. Had you seen these um, webfoot octopus before in the U.S.? No. No. Uh, the only octopus I was familiar with was sort of the big rubbery ones that you would get in grocery store Japanese sushi. Okay, it's rubbery because they didn't cook it well. <laughs> right. I, I have become octopus since... Octopus isn't supposed to be rubbery. There you go. You no? Know? It's you, not supposed to yeah. be rubbery. It's supposed to be super tender. And, and in you know fact, who sushi cooks it really well? Yeah, yeah. Um, Koreans like to... When they, when they slice it, Really thinly, just to dip it into like a sauce. Mm. I, I love to dip, uh, you know, just like parboiled octopus, super tender. It's almost translucent in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just cooked. It's just there. It's just there. And that is like super tender. Just dip it into a little bit of sesame oil and salt mixture. Um, and that's it. 
That's I'm my down. favorite way of eating octopus, yeah. actually. You know, but the the overcooked rubbery octopus sushi that you find in, you know, that's like home not plate. So classy. Yeah. That's not nice, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's no good. Yeah. I'm not surprised that many people actually don't like octopus. Yeah. Because they probably tried the the not so well cooked version. For years, for years mm-hmm. I assumed octopus and all of its various relatives and cousins were uh, just rubber balls yeah. that people had gotten used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got some really good stuff, you know. You like, know, um, I lived in uh, Milan for three years during high school, and Italians love their octopus. Oh, my goodness. And they really know how to cook it well because mm-hmm. they're super tender. Um, they cook it for a really long time. The thing with octopus is, is either you parboil it yes. for a short period of time or you cook it for a really long period of time, yes. like 45 to 90 minutes sometimes, yes. right? And the texture of the octopus after a certain time period changes. Yes. It really, it's almost meaty. It brings it, it's almost like a low and slow concept yeah. where it finally, the proteins unwind. That reminds me of abalone. You either do abalone raw mm-hmm. or you steam those suckers for like four hours. Oh, it's there. for four hours? I've never steamed abalone before. Uh, yeah, the, uh, we had an abalone theme mm-hmm. day, um, and a chef gave us the hue of abalone, yeah. which was wonderful and juicy and all of that. And then this other one, which was so sublime, it was like a Su- scallop, like a cooked scallop or something. But they steamed it in like steamed maybe with it, sake or something? Uh, some kind of aromatic yeah. thing with a little rice wine vinegar whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, or rice wine. Rice wine, not yes. vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, and four hours or so. I said, no, come on, four hours? You mean 40 minutes, And it right? literally melts in your mouth. And it melts. Right. Yeah, because abalone is so tough. Thus would, would octopus be. If you cook overcook mm-hmm. octopus, it's going to be a rubber ball unless it goes for that long, long exactly. time. Exactly. And wow. it's wonderful. And Italians like toss it with uh, boiled potatoes, sliced boiled potatoes, olive oil, parsley, salt, and it's uh, the classic octopus and potato salad. The mm. Spanish do their octopus really well too. And oh my gosh, when you go to Spain... The variety of octopus you see at wet markets. Really? It just blows your mind. And you think chukumi are small? They're even smaller versions. Really? I mean, it's, it's a different species, of course. Um, like teeny tiny baby squid, the, the, the size of, I don't know, my thumb. my thumb. Yeah. And what they do is uh, one of the best things I've eaten in Spain is uh, you go to the La Boqueria market in Barcelona and you go there for breakfast right early in the morning and you just perch yourself at this like bar restaurant on a stool and then you order this uh these tiny squid and they fried in olive oil um do they have a special name do you happen to remember what the name of them are uh no this particular dish i always forget okay no but uh i know when i see it on the menu but you know but they they stir fry and then on top they place a crispy sunny side egg yeah and just mix everything together it's the best yeah. thing I've ever eaten. No, that sounds wonderful. It's so good. That sounds really good. And wonderful. the Spanish, they deep fry, they bread it, and they grill it. Uh, it's Sort wonderful. of like a calamari style, kind of whole breaded, yeah, yeah, teeny yeah. tiny squid. It's the best thing in the world. It goes so well with like, you know, beer and crisp, cold white wine. Wow. Best snacks. But anyways, getting back to the variety of octopus that <laughs> Koreans eat here. So you were surprised too, right, when you first came here? Yes. Lots of things you didn't see before when you, before uh, you came the, here. The, the first place I go almost anywhere is like a food market. Mm-hmm. And here in Korea, uh, I would repeatedly go to um, Noryangjin Fish Market. Yes. 
not even to eat anything, just mm-hmm. for the zoo experience yeah. of it, you know, <laughs> just for the uh, sort of where am I, you know, kind of aquarium feel and all of the different shellfish and surely all of the different uh, mm-hmm. tentacled, what are they called, arthropods? Is that their biological des- uh, thing? Um Octopus, mm-hmm. squid, nakji, yeah. chukumi. Uh, I found it incredibly fascinating, and yeah. I'm sure there's there's others beyond that mm-hmm. in Korea. Uh, well, we we we've got the the cuttlefish, we got the regular squid, we got the calamari, the hunchi, uh, which are smaller and more tender than you know regular squid. But then even with squid, we have the chongalujinga, which is very seasonal, which is mm. like smaller. Um, and then we have the big octopus that you mentioned before that people boil and slice and they make into sushi. And then we have the nakji, which mm-hmm. are the smaller versions with the super long, like spidery legs. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff um, that Koreans eat whole, yeah. raw. Right? They wrap it around um, the chopstick, yep. the wooden chopsticks, and they just like... Whoop. Yeah. yeah, kind of fork um, it down. Yeah, and then we have the webfoot octopus. We have the kultugi, which are like teeny tiny squid. So, yeah. <laughs> Should I continue? No, uh, but you, uh, you've got me thinking about this festival that's going to go on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely into it. Um, it. Later this month, right? It's later this month from March 18th, uh, and it lasts until April 2nd. It's kind of like a long festival mm. for a food festival, yeah. you know? And there are all these restaurants that specialize in chukumi, obviously, and all kinds of like hands-on experience. And there are flowers everywhere. So it's, it's very much a, a family, you know, experience we're going to tackle the technique of dealing with jukumi in your own kitchen and as promised reveal yerika's special jukumi recipe right after a quick jingle break Food and Beyond Wednesday, the topic is jukumi with Yerika Park. Yerika, uh, can ordinary mortals cook with jukumi in their kitchen? Of course. Okay. Of course. I need reassurance. Of course. Oh, so uh, You cook a lot. <laughs> you can do Give this. me the quick, um, the quick sort of uh, guide to selecting and uh, knowing which jukumi is good and how do I clean it and all that stuff. Well, if you go to the the fish market, chukumi should be fresh around this time of the year. I mean, they should always be fresh. Mm. You know, if chukumi looks slimy or feels slimy, then it, it means it's not fresh. It shouldn't be fresh. And uh, the suckers on their legs should also be very clearly defined without looking too mushy. You okay. know what I mean? And uh, the suckers will usually have um, dirt on it, like the sand from the bottom of the ocean. Sure. So you have to clean them really well. And how you clean them is that you use flour and rough sea salt and you just like... Um, Kind of mush them Mas- around. Yeah, there? massage them, right? <laughs> I, what? No, no, I'm just, this is interesting. It's a whole new idea, mushing the jukumis around yeah. in salt and flour. And flour, and the, what the flour does is it removes all the little dirt um, hiding in the, the the nook and cranny of the... Got it. Yeah, the, the It's suckers. almost like, yeah, kind of cement that gets into yeah. all of those nooks and so crannies and then pulls all the it dirt. out. Exactly. And you do that really well and then you rinse it in cold water and then what you do is you have to cook them, right? What kind this of, is the hard part. What what kind of chukumi have you eaten in restaurants? I mean, how were they prepared when you ate them? <laughs> um, as I recall, it was usually like a, a gym, you know, like mm-hmm. a kind of... 
very very similar to uh, like a nakji bokum kind of thing. Okay. Um, I think it was the pork thing you alluded to before. Was it spicy? Thrown around it with some samgyeop with mm-hmm. uh, some hot sauce and some extra onions and vegetables in there. Green onions. Uh, onions yeah, so yeah. it's like a bokum. Right. It's yeah. a bokum, which is means saute. Yeah. Okay, that's a common way to cook it. Um, what I do, I actually prefer the ones that are cooked on the charcoal, like I mentioned before. Mm. So they, these these varieties have to be um, marinated in advance in a kind of like a spicy gochujang based sauce with a little bit of sugar and garlic and not too much garlic because it burns when you when you grill them over of charcoal. Course, sure. But um, yeah, so you grill them. I, that's my favorite version. But then the the recipe that I'm going to share with you today is more uh, kind of like a, a Spanish style. Um, recipe. I don't know. I think it's Spanish style or more European Mediterranean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the Korean listeners will appreciate that Mm because they they probably know Jukumi cookery inside and out Mm -hmm. in terms of their own idiom. But to hear it from a Spanish point of view sounds great. Do you have a name for this recipe? Uh, Spanish Jukumi? Sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Spanish Jukumi, why not? Right. Um, And they're grilled. So uh, I serve these either as uh, an appetizer when I have a big party uh, in the garden, uh, the weather's getting warmer. I'm, I can finally start to use my garden. I'm so happy. And my barbecue grill has been just like covered. Covered with snow yeah, and frost. And the, for the entire duration of the winter season. I feel but, Yeah, but now I can finally use it. And uh, sometimes I serve them as a main course as well with a salad and a crusty bread on the side. Always wine. And what I do is I pre-marinate them. Okay, so wash the jukumi like I've told you before, with a little bit of flour and a little bit of sea salt. And then once they're cleaned, you have to prepare the marinade. And the the ingredients you need for the marinade is half a cup of olive oil. Okay. You can just eyeball it. Sure. You know? Olive oil, one large lemon, juice it. Okay. Okay. Lemon and seafood go so well together. Yeah. And then uh, three garlic cloves, finely minced. Okay, and then if you have parsley, use parsley. If you have fresh thyme, use thyme. I sometimes mix them up, so maybe like 10 sprigs of thyme, a bunch of parsley, okay? And then salt and pepper, and that's it. How easy is that? That is pretty easy. The one sort of caveat that occurs to me is with the mm-hmm. lemon juice. Yeah. You don't want to go too crazy on the amount of lemon juice, right? Because This is the tenderizer. Yeah, yeah. but a, a, a modest amount. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to ceviche those little bad boys, right? <laughs> um. Actually, because there's olive oil in there, if it's just lemon juice, it will cook him. Mm. But then with the olive oil, kind of moderates it. Yeah, it moderates it. Spreads it, it out. Yeah, Good. exactly. It doesn't absorb as much uh, lemon juice as it normally does. Understood. So that's oil. the marinade. You kind of should this be just lightly covering them or make it sort of a bath for them, right? Yeah, sort of a bath actually, mm. and put them into like Ziploc bags, and then you put it in the fridge for like. At least two hours. Two hours. But ideally around four to five hours is better. Okay. Right? And once that's done, half your work is done. You light a grill, right? (laughs) You light a grill and then you skewer the octopi, okay? Maybe like three or four per skewer. And the trick here when you skewer something, when when you cook anything on a stick, is that you have to soak the the sticks in water or else they will burn on the grill. I have learned this through hard experience. (laughs) Yeah. They'll turn black immediately. And they'll disappear. Yeah, they will do. And so you have to soak them. Very, very important. So yes. skewer them and then place them on the grill. Okay. And then just keep turning. Um, I like it when the, the tentacles turn like slightly crispy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like kind of like brown bits here and there. Yeah. Because it adds a really nice texture. Are we talking a roaring flame or a medium? No, no, no. Or? Medium. Okay, so I would let say. it settle down a little yes, bit. Yes, exactly. 
Um, and seafood cooks super fast, so right. it, it doesn't really even need that high heat, right? Minutes? Um, yeah, just minutes. Yeah. And these are small octopi, so they won't take long at all. Um, Is there a telltale sign for the average layperson to know... Okay, that's well, done. Well, first of all, um, usually raw, raw octopus is translucent. Mm-hmm. They're going to start turning opaque. Got it. All right, as they cook. Now, the head takes a little while longer to cook than the tentacles. So keep that in mind, okay? Uh, if you don't want the head, if you don't like the head, you can remove them as well. Just cook the tentacles. But why? Yeah, hello. They're so great. Especially if you get that row yeah. in there. Come on. Mm-hmm. Just, just keep in mind that uh, the heads take, uh, I don't know, twice as longer. Okay. Yeah. Your telltale sign is it's going from translucent and sort of shimmery yeah. to this kind of pure white color, right? Pure white color and then slightly caramelized. Ooh. It crispens up. Yeah. Over I guess the, grill. the same rule. If you've ever cooked shrimp before, mm-hmm. it's basically the same rule. Yeah. Oh, but the shrimp is actually really hard to cook. Yeah. Like uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of the times people mistake, uh, the, the big mistake that people make is that they cook the shrimp over the fire, a fire that's too strong mm-hmm. and it burns the shrimp. Yeah. They literally cook in like three, four minutes. I know. Less. Yeah. Right. There you go. And uh, yeah. And overcooked shrimp is just rubbery and not very good. Okay. So these are marinated, raw, mm-hmm. skewered, and grilled chukumi. Yeah. And then you, you take those Once off. Once they're done. And then you have to dress them again. Mm. All right. You have to dress them with more lemon juice, olive oil, lemon zest, and maybe some fresh herbs. If you have rosemary, it's good. A little bit more thyme, uh, maybe a little bit of parsley. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And uh, just mix, just dress it generously, right? Okay. And uh, so they're not dry, first of all. And uh, that sauce goes really well with the, the, the chukumi. And are we throwing in other veggies or something? No, that's no, it. No, really? That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I expected a cucumber to make its appearance or something like no, that. No, no. Peppers. And then serve it with a side of salad. Mm-hmm. Again, crusty bread. Salad on the side, not as... Yeah. So the chukumi is not part of a salad. It's, it's uh, next to salad a salad. Salad on the side. I hear you. Yeah. And you seem quite <laughs> adamant about that. Yeah. No, no, you can make a jukumi salad too no, if no. you want. Yeah, it's no, great. of course. Yeah. No, it sounds wonderful. And then get your sort of um, croutons of bread there with it. Yeah. Just or, place or a just, whole baguette just on it. Just a whole baguette on it. Let people rip it up. That's the best. And mop up all those juices. You've got to swoop. The best foods yeah. involve involve an excellent swooping experience I afterwards. Agree. And when you cook something like this that's so simple, you have to use good olive oil. Must. Yes. Uh, just say a quick word a about difference. that because there's a, there's a, a huge gradient mm-hmm. of olive oils. When you're talking about, uh, let's assume we're in the upper grades of olive oil, there's olive oils that are quite dark green and, and smell. Yeah, and then that's there's, extra virgin. That's extra virgin? Yeah. In other words, all the solids aren't pressed out, right? right? Then there's the stuff that's almost clear and yellow, right? That's the stuff that you can actually cook with. So there's... So that has a higher burning point. Got it. Right. So for, the, for, for something like a, a cold salad, you it's want the dark green stuff. Yeah. Extra virgin. Yeah. Extra virgin, you don't really cook with. No. Extra virgin is the, is the darker green stuff. Yes. And you don't use that as your, yeah. your, your pan oil mm, much no, of the time. Because it burns. Mm. I, yeah. Yeah. I actually... Start smoking real quick. Oh my gosh. I had a friend stay over at my place for a few weeks and then every morning he would cook himself an egg and then he would always turn on the heat a little bit too high and then leave <laughs> the olive oil in there and I would come home to like a smoking house yeah. and I'm like, seriously, every time? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you would think one experience would be enough with that. It's okay. He's not much of a cook. But. Yeah. Put a post-it. Cook. <laughs> right. Don't cook. Mm. But, That's- you know, the, 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 the olive oil that you find in just regular Korean supermarkets, they're like Spanish olive oil. I'm not like saying Spanish olive oil is always all bad, but mm. 
they're kind of of a lower quality. But if you if you look around at like food marts and foreign food marts, imported food marts, you can find a better quality yes. olive oil. Absolutely. For sure. And that's a good investment. You don't, mm. at the end of the day, you don't use that much of it. Right. It'll stay. It'll last for a while. Um, just real briefly, is there, can you do anything else in sort of a European idiom? Do, do jukumi play nice with tomatoes, for example? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, jukumi, olives, a little bit of anchovies, uh, parsley. I've got kind of a jukumi bruschetta pasta. idea kind of uh, bubbling. Even that. Yeah. And I throw chukumi into pastas as well. Do you? A tomato-based sauce. Yes. That sounds wonderful. It's really good. Mm. Tomato-based. Right. Um, And you could make sort of an oleo pasta with chukumi too, right? Yeah, again, just add them at the end. Have to add them at the very, very end. Very, very end. Is this your favorite uh, chukumi preparation, this um, grilled with lemon juice and stuff? Yeah, it's, it's simple. Yeah. It's simple. And you know what? If you if you want to reduce the risk of like overcooking or undercooking chukumi over the grill, what you do is you boil a pot of water, throw the chukumi in there, turn off the heat, throw them into the hot water, and then it parboils yeah. ever so slightly. And then you can marinate it. There you go. Right? Yeah. And then you know that it's cooked through. Air on the side of caution yeah. with chukumi. That's the right. cooking time needs Parboil to be short. helps. Yerika, that's all the time we have. Thank you very much. And we are going to see you in our next season on Food and Beyond. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. You're welcome. And Koreascape is produced by Ochang Sup with associate production by Jamie Lee and writing by Nikki Kim. I'm Kurt Asian. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Find us. Koreascape is the handle. TBS 120 tomorrow morning. And if you're in Seoul, this, that, and Amy is up next. We will see you tomorrow morning.